0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I'm going to talk about the doors tonight. The Four Doors. Four of them. Not as in the doors as the band, but The Four Doors. The Four Doors. <clears throat> Has anybody does anybody know The Four Doors? Perfect. Well, this is going to be fun. So, so, so fun. Um, you know, I think that it really is in the heart of God to a high degree. You know, it, 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 he paid a really great price for us to walk in complete freedom. And, um, you know, there's different things in life that— um, I was just praying. I was praying this afternoon about um, all the different ways that we can kind of get tripped up, and um, you know, one angle that I want to talk about tonight is um, this, there's levels to what I'm going to talk about. Okay, but um, one thing that I, one thing I've noticed is that um, how many of us have had a breakthrough? And then only to turn around like two weeks later and just be right back in the thing that we were just in. Right. Yeah, that's I think that is common to all of us. And generally speaking, I think whenever you begin to dissect why you can kind of um, lose your breakthrough, I think that whenever I start talking about these doors, then I think you'll see ways that the enemy um, gains entrance and that gets you all tripped up. Whenever I was thinking about the, the doors and um, I was asking the Holy Spirit, like, you know, what is it about? What is it about this? And he just told me that it's because it's a perversion of everything that the kingdom has to offer us. And so God has this life of abundance so we have these different things that we get to operate in. We get to operate in faith and love and um, joy and gratitude and all these things. And the way that the enemy gains entrance is by perversions of those things. Yes. And so, um, you know, the reason why we're never going to be able to not do things God's way, and get a God result, we're never going to be able to think that we're going to do it any random way that we want to do things, but then expect to receive the benefits of doing it God's way. And so, you know, if if at any point we're using our humanistic tools to, you know, keep ourselves in line, or keep ourselves in a good place, or do all these things, then those things will always run out because it's things that are motivated with you, with yourself. And, you know, I love what we started out with that, you know, how is it that being under one's lordship is actually freedom? You know, like the world teaches you freedom means that you're not, you don't answer to anybody or anything. Like, you just do it however you want. That's true freedom. But as we know, it's under the Lordship of Jesus that we actually have true freedom. And so we get to do it his way, not our way. Say, not my way, his way. Yes. Um, so basically what, what doors are is that there are ways in which the enemy Can gain entrance into it. Maybe it's just your mind. Maybe it is your family. Maybe it's generational lines. So there's different things that the enemy gains access. And, you know, to really break it, it's not a big deal. Okay. It's not like there's this really huge, long ordeal that you've got to just. Just fret over and work on it and sweat it out. And, you know, just man, I'm going to make this thing happen. It's not that hard because see, it really is just exercising who we are. And we have two tools. We got two tools. Are we ready for them? Are you ready? It's repentance and forgiveness. Those are the two tools that you're going to get to use in this great closing of doors. Because, you know, really, whenever you begin to keep whittling your life down, you know, you're usually trying to get over just junk you've done and stuff that the junk that's been done to you. And so to the level that you're able to operate in repentance and forgiveness will determine your level abundance that you live in. And so how how abundant do you want to live? I know how I know how abundant I want to live. So I have to constantly switch my mind to thinking differently. Thinking differently, thinking differently. As soon as I have a thought, as soon as I have a mindset that I know doesn't line up with God, I don't go into, oh no, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I gotta fix this. No, it's just a simple okay, no, that thought is not your thought, God. And so this is what is true, and I'm going to begin to adopt this into my life. It's not its not positive thinking, okay? Positive thinking isn't the answer. Could it do some benefits? Maybe, but it's not the answer, and that is a soulish response to, that's a perverted part of what God actually means in the renewing of our mind process. And so... Um, I'm going to talk from a standpoint of you yourself, how the enemy gains entrance to you, but also know that um, whenever you have a family and the the parents, those two entities, if those two have open doors, consequently, your kids are under your roof. And so then you have opened the doors for them as well. We just say thank you to that, don't we? Mm -hmm. Thank you, mom and dad, for that. We appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you so much. So, but that actually is very sobering. It's very sobering that if you consider that everything that you do, parents, every single thing that you do, parents, affects your kids. Every single thing every excuse you make, every whatever, every kind of, um, you know, uh, being complacent, those all affect your kids. And we don't want to do that. We want to, you know, just think how, just think how if the enemy gains open doors in our lives, think of what it's like for the kingdom of God. I mean, like whenever you allow the Lordship, of Jesus in your family. I mean, think of the blessings that you're walking and living in. And so, I don't ever want to make the things of the enemy bigger than God because they are just a really perverted low-level thing than what God has to give us. Okay? So, it's it's really simple. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal if you don't get them. However, it's not a big deal to get rid of them. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, when, whenever you leave doors open and undetected, it's only going to open more doors. There will never just be one open door. Okay. Remember this: if there is an open door, it just creates a little alley, a little, a little uh, hallway to some other ones. Because that's just how the enemy does. He wants more and he wants more and he wants more. So if he gains some, if he gains some entrance into some of your thoughts, those thoughts are going to lead to a further decline. You're not going to go up from there. Okay, it's only going to get worse. So um, I I was thinking about my own personal life, and you know, I remember um, whenever I was a we taught. Like when I was like 13, 12, 13. And I can remember um, wanting to escape reality. Okay. Now, if at the age of 12 or 13, somebody would have set me down and would have said, Hey, listen, this is what's going to happen to you in 20 years if you go down this road, you're going to end up in prison. You're going to end up losing your kids. You're going to end up doing all this. Is this the choice you want to make? Well, what would I say? No, thanks. No, thanks. But see, it didn't get me that way. Right? It it was just, it was one small little thing at a time. And so then, you know, first it was smoking cigarettes So then I smoked some cigarettes, and then it was drinking wine coolers because wine coolers tasted better than beer, so that was okay. That was more like punch or something. So then I drank wine coolers, and then it was like, okay, then we'll drink some liquor, and then it went to weed, and then it just goes on and on and on. And then there's just no stopping it at that point. And, you know, whenever, I don't know if y'all have ever watched, um, oh, dang, I just went blank. Um, Well, it's that show, uh, Intervention, Intervention, there it is. And and you see all these people that are so completely just washed up, just strung out, just in a horrible place. And you listen to their childhoods and they play pictures of these kids, you know, as as little babies and kids and talking about their life. And, you know, they started out maybe strong and good. And then all of a sudden things just kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. Well, that's how open doors affect us. Maybe it's not drugs for you, but it could be something else. Maybe it's being disgruntled at work. Maybe it's, man, you know, I'm really tired of working these long days. And, you know, over there, they've got um, my little coworker over there. I think they get paid more money. I'm pretty sure they get paid more money. What happens there? What's the next one? Man, this job, this is so stupid. I can't believe I work here. This is just so ridiculous. I'm not appreciated. I'm not celebrated. Right? Right? And then you begin to, hey, John, what about you? Do you feel like you're appreciated here? I don't feel like it. But them over there, I think they make more money than us. Uh And then you're at the coffee maker, and then it's several other people come over. What are y'all making? And then it, it just turns into just some thoughts that you have, turns into cancer and affects everybody it touches. Those are open doors that the enemy wants to really exploit and take more territory in your life and in your heart. And so, you know, if you could just begin to think about your own personal life, I'm going to start going through the open doors. And, um, you know, I I think if you can just really um, connect just whenever you, you, only you know what you think about. I don't know what you think about. I don't know what you fantasize about. I don't know what you're unhappy about that you dwell on. I don't know all that, but you do. And, so, and the enemy does too, by the way. Um, and it really begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you how these different things have gained access into your thinking. If you're struggling in cycles, chances are there's open doors. And But what's crazy is that one second you cannot have any open doors, but then the next second you can. And then before you know it, you're struggling again. You're in another cycle again. You're unhappy and you're just thinking how everybody gets more than you and just all that junk. And so you know, I want to um well, before I go into them, um I want to talk just a little bit about um what happens in adolescence because you know, I think that there's a really, really huge problem that that we're having. And I'm going to step on parents' toes right now. And maybe, uh, maybe you're a spiritual parent or an actual parent. But, you know, your children, if your children are left with too much freedom and not enough oversight, they will open doors to the enemy. And to think that they won't, to think that you can trust them with making good decisions is completely false. And it is a lie from hell. And it will actually open up doors to your family that that it won't be, it's not going to be a joy to walk that thing out. And so parents, listen to me. Your kids are not old enough, nor do they have the maturity, nor do they have the smarts to know the things that they don't know. And so, if you yourself are not, or if you are not providing strict, strict boundaries with your kids, then you will open doors to their life and it's not going to be pretty. Okay. And so, kids don't have, they don't have the fortitude to know. They don't know what things are going to affect them and how it's going to affect them. They have no idea. They are just innocently being kids. And all of a sudden, now they have a new battle that they don't even know how to deal with. And it was opened because there wasn't protective parenting. And it's a really big deal to God. It is a really, really big deal to God that how we shape and mold our children models heaven. Because we will be responsible. We will be responsible. I love that. um, I love that God has so much grace for us. And I love that He provides a lot of covering in our stupidity. But there comes a point when we really know the things that we do and we choose to ignore it. And, you know, that's at that place, you know, it's just dangerous because. I know that I I don't want to keep crying out for the more of God, but then I don't have any kind of boundaries with my thoughts, with my minds, with the things I do, with what I put my money to, with what I watch. Like, it it ought not be. And so we can't want everything that God has for us while also not being diligent to manage ourselves well. And to really know the word, like, I mean, there just should be no reason for us to struggle in our minds because we have, we have so much help. We have, we have a whole group of people. We have the word, we have such an abundance of help. And so there shouldn't be days and weeks and months that we're struggling. And if we are, then we are entertaining things with the enemy and it's just not God. We're not battling well. We are not battling well. Places of trauma become open doors for the enemy. So if you have trauma, and this is trauma at any level, okay? This can be all the way from... You fell down in elementary school and they made fun of you for the rest of the year. And it can be from that to horrible trauma. You know, I don't even want to give mental images. But trauma provides a protective covering for open doors. Because what happens is when there's a lot of trauma involved, then... Of course, there's the open doors, but then we can almost tend to um, have allowance for things, allowing things in our life to accommodate trauma that we have. And so maybe it's that we don't feel understood. And so then instead of actually going to the Word and finding truth and actually uprooting that thing out of our lives— we just sat around with it. And then we, well, yeah, I wasn't, you know, people are down there. They didn't really like me. And so that's just kind of my thing now. And it's just, it's, that is a huge open door for the enemy. And you're not going to be able to do your God call with that intact. Um, can we, you go to, um. let's go to the first slide. Fear. Whoop, whoop. There it is. (laughs) Fear. Fear is a really, really massive open door because it is all the way from a little whisper that's a slight annoyance all the way to paralyzing fear. And whenever we give entrance to fear then we are comp- we are not submitting to the lordship of Jesus and you know what's what's the answer to to fear it is yes it is faith so if we have fear then we're not operating in faith that's it's a perversion of what god It says is ours that we're supposed to walk in. We're supposed to walk in great faith. So the first one we're going to talk about is worrying. Worrying means we put our faith in other things or people over God. And so worrying, that isn't, you know, I'm going to say something. The prayer of God, help me not to worry, that isn't one that he really said was ours to pray. How do you not worry? See, worrying requires repentance. Worrying really does require repentance. It means that you have stepped in and you have chosen an alternative reality than what God has said for you. And so then you don't need God to come down and help you with worrying. You need to repent for surrendering to worrying. That's really what you need to do. And listen, I have a Ph.D. in it. I can, I could write term papers for everybody and I mean, I could give you all really good grades in those term papers and I can just say that it's miserable and it is an open door for you. It's a huge open door because it is, it affects the very, the very makeup of who you are because we are supposed to be trusting children. That's, that's our rights as heirs. Is trusting kids. And so if you're doing a lot of worrying, then chances are you struggle to stay in your sweet spot because there's going to be a lot of things that come to bump you out of your sweet spot. The next one is also one that needs to be repented of, not help with, but it is unbelief. It's also in direct opposition to all things of the kingdom. I love in Hebrews 11, it says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real and that He re- rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. You know, do you ever wonder, do you ever wonder if you actually miss getting prayers answered because of faithlessness? going on, that we actually can stop God from moving and acting in our behalf whenever we don't operate in faith. And unbelief, um, it's probably one of the biggest plagues in the American church. What about you? Is it a plague for you? unbelief you know that's the doubting that the serpent tripped Adam and Eve with it's the same thing still operating today for you did God really say did God really mean that is the word really is it for me can I believe that if if it says I am fearfully and wonderfully made Do you believe it or do you not like how you're made? Like you, you have to remember that all the ways that if we don't think like God, we have an open door to the enemy. It is a free for all at that point. The moment that you choose to not operate with the things of the kingdom, it's an open battleground for you. So don't do it. Okay. 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 Perfect. Need to control. That's nobody in here though, huh? <laughs> nobody needs to control in here. Controlling so overrated. Say it. Say controlling is overrated. It's overrated. Ugh, it's miserable from one ex-controller to the others. It is no fun. It's not fun. It's so, man, it's exhausting. Like everything you think about, you got to figure out how you can make it happen. You got to control how they see it and do all this. It's just miserable. He wants to give us rest. He wants to give you rest. Ah, He wants to give you rest. Uh, The next is anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some anxiety. Nothing like that. That's a, you can, well, never mind. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Nope, not going to do it. Anxiety, open door to the enemy, anxiety. So, what do you do when anxiety comes? Because let's face it, it, it comes to everybody. It's not like you can even talk yourself out of it. It's at the moment that it comes. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Where's my daddy? And, you know, anxiety is always under the influence of lies. Always. It's always going to be under the influence of a lie. So if you're feeling anxious, ask, what am I believing right now? What lie is operating? What am I needing to have you get above so that I can see it rightly? Isolation that's kind of funny isn't it isolation you know it's because we were meant to live with family we were meant to be in community you know he could have he could have chose any way that he set this thing up and he set it up as a family sons and daughters with a father and so isolation is an open door for the enemy yep I mean, uh, who's ever battled alone? You know, just all over there by you, just you and yourself, and just sitting there, just oh, just playing that little violin. Just uh, and have you noticed how, whenever you share it with others, it's like oh, that actually did, it's not as big as it felt. What happened? It's like all of a sudden it felt ginormous, and then it's like this. Uh. Mm. Hmm isolation you need family if you want to do life by yourself then you have a huge open door to the enemy and he will punk you relentlessly because everything makes sense to you everything makes sense to you all of your fears make sense all of your anxiety makes sense all of your low self-esteem makes sense all of the lies that are swirling they are all they make perfect sense And so, well, how could they not be true until somebody else is like, you're acting stupid, girl. You were acting like a fool. Get your head out of that. Thank you for friends that will tell you the truth. Real friends. Not the kind of friends that just want to pat you on the back. Apathy. Apathy. Apathy means lack of interest, enthusiasm, and concern. Apathetic. If you're apathetic, it's also an open door to the enemy. Why? Because what does Jesus say? Jesus says, I wish you were hot or I wish you were cold. But because you are lukewarm, I want to just spit you out of my mouth. To To have a heart that is not burning with passion, you actually serve the things of the enemy. It's an open door. Drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. I got to just touch on this for just a sec. Because, you know, anything that takes us out. Of trusting God, then that is sin to us. And so if it's pharmaceuticals, if it's if it's pills, if it's weed, if it's wine, if it's beer, if it's whiskey, if it's heroin, if it's cocaine, whatever it is, it takes you out of your need for him. And it opens it up for a pseudo peace, a pseudo way to get needs met outside of him. And it becomes sin. Now, am I saying that all pharmaceutical stuff is an open door? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it is a heart to heart thing and you better really know what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, I think that I think the pharmaceutical industry is so completely overrated. I think we have huge spiritual issues and we are trying to treat it with pills and weed and alcohol and it's never going to work and it just breeds other problems. And it just keeps breeding breeding more problems. And so, you know, if you struggle with needing substances to either whatever get you to sleep or cause you to not be anxious, that's really just an opportunity for you to come and really present yourself to him because he wants to be the thing that you're looking for. You really have a need. There's a legitimate need there. There is a true hunger and a desire, and he wants to feel it. You don't need other substances. He will feel it for you. He wants to do it, and the world it just tries to compensate for the lack of not having God. That's all it is. That's why there's so many anti-anxiety, so many antipsychotics, so many antidepressants. All of that because they're just trying to they're trying to find a solution for this spiritual problem we're having. And the church should be the ones that should be hold on. We have the answer. We actually have the answer. Religion's not the answer, but he is the answer. And so you can be the answer to others that they are looking for substances to bring that to them. They're, they are looking for something else, and he wants to be the something else. Um, the next thing I want to move to is hatred. You know, hatred take it sounds really mean, doesn't it? Doesn't hatred just sound ugh? Sounds ugh. But, you know, as we come down, then you can see how it's just maybe smaller things that's actually hatred. Bitterness. Bitterness is anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly or resentment. Okay, so has anyone been stewing? I'm not going to have you raise your hand. Has anybody been stewing about how others didn't do something for you? Or maybe that somebody else got a raise or a promotion. Maybe somebody else got a gift. Maybe somebody really hurt you and you haven't been able to let it go. There's levels, there's levels to this, but they're all an open door. So the same way that you look at your neighbor's new car and you become bitter that you don't have the new car because you're driving that old car around, that's an open door the same way that somebody that has 30 years of unforgiveness just rooted deep in their hearts. And so they're so cynical and angry. It's an open door. They're both open doors. One maybe just has had that door open longer. And so then it's just wider and wider and it just takes more territory. The next one is envy. A feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. I want to just hit this for just a second. Um, you just do you, and you be the best you that you can be. If you look at what other people, at their gifts, at their talents, at their strengths, if you look at them and you wish that you had those, that's an open door to the enemy, and it's considered it's considered hatred. What's it hatred to? What God made in you. What does that say to the master painter, the master weaver? What does that say that all the time that he took on you, like, like all the time that he planned every part of you, your laugh, your smile, your eyebrows, your eyelashes, your the way that you talked, the way that you laughed whenever he thought about, oh, I cannot wait. To hear this laugh. I cannot wait. And then you look and then you want what somebody else has. What does that say to the one that made you completely perfect? Completely perfect. But then you would want what somebody else has. (laughs) That would be hurtful. Just saying. Do you ever think about um, how maybe you wish you had like the same kind of spiritual gifts that you see others have or you know maybe maybe you see that people are getting favor and you feel like you're not getting any favor. Maybe you're in that, maybe you're in that season of hiding where not you're hiding from things, not that, but whenever God kind of has you in a season of hiding where no one's seeing the good stuff you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you're doing all that stuff behind closed doors and no one's giving you an atta girl, but then these other people are getting of girls, atta boys, mm-hmm. it's an open door for you. You know, what's crazy is that then that actually that prevents you from being able to receive the blessing of other people's lives. And so then even like you don't even get the benefits of completely receiving other people's gifts, you actually get cut off from it. You get you're completely blocked off from being able to receive what God is giving you. All because you could be envying what they have. Gossiping. Gossiping, 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 a form of hatred. What does gossiping do? It it has this really um grotesque ability to sow just manipulation and negativity and You know, you can't appreciate the things of God, which are people. You can't appreciate people because you just pick at their weaknesses and you look out for the very worst of people. And then you talk about it to everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's gross. It's of the enemy. So if you are with a gossiping group of people, get away. And if you're the one that's starting the gossip, repent. Because that is a playground for the enemy, and it's very dangerous, and it hurts people. And what's crazy is that if you do it, it's going to get done to you. So just remember that the same people that you gossip to, they will be gossiping about you. So be careful at work who you're talking to. Make sure that you get around people that are uplifting and they see the best in people and they encourage people. Don't be don't be getting around and talking about the boss. Hear me whenever I tell you, you do not talk about authority around other people. That is a horrible setup. And it is a double whammy. And I am telling you right now, you better not do it because, man, God, he, he does not take it lightly. So don't be doing it. You make sure that you always honor those that you're in, that you're under authority so you can be blessed. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You want to be blessed. And you can be blessed no matter what they're doing if you honor them. You can. Slander. The action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. You know, that can happen when you kind of hear a little bit of about a story, but you didn't get the other part and then you start going around telling everybody about it and then, oh, and then you look like a fool because you didn't even know the full story and you're saying bad things about people.-, mm-hmm. That's an open door to the enemy. Anger. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. See, this was a this is a funny one because, you know, like one thing on on this side of the counseling table, you know, then there's there's some people that um, it's like they've so turned off anger, you know, like you could run them over with the car and they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was in your way, you know, I'm so sorry, I was. Was here. I'm sorry, I was born. And then you have other people, you know, that you gave them a car and they would be like, oh, let's not red. You know, "Uh, I'm mad about that. And so, you know, you've got, so, so you can't, you know, for one person, it'd be like, hey, you need to get a little more in touch with do you feel angry? Okay. So that you know, you got to do something with it. Cause what have we learned about anger? it's an indicator. Hold on a second. Now, if you start going into that anger starts fueling gossip and, you know, just all the things partnering with the enemy, it gets really dangerous. If you're somebody that you're angry all the time, well, then there's a problem. There's a bigger problem because anger should be something that should be like, you know, like way down here. Every once in a while, you get a little bit angry. And if you're living in just frustration all the time at people, frustrated about circumstances, frustrated about your bank account, frustrated about, I don't know, whatever, everything, then, you know, there's a root of bitterness that's being developed. And you want to really check that. And whenever you're angry, it can be really hard to see the best in people you'll pick them apart with your angriness. self-hatred 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 i used to i used to really hate myself i just hated everything about me i hated my feet i hated my lips i hated my everything i'd ever done i hated everything i was going to do i mean i just had a lot a lot of self-hatred until I just, man, he just began to really walk me out of so much that now I'm just like, man, I love how you made me. I love everything about me. You know, self-hatred, you become really overly um, infatuated with the things about you that you don't like. And it's really self-consuming Self-hatred is very self-consuming. And if you and it's similar to one of the other ones. I can't remember which one I said. Um that you know whenever you're hating the thing that God made, you're in opposition to him. And so if if you the person of you is what he loves and cherishes the most, it's like his prized thing. You're like the thing for him like you're the thing he's like oh there she is okay what is she, what is she doing like i mean he is completely invested and then if you're like man i hate that then you you're you're at odds with him and you don't want to be at odds with him if you don't like yourself man you got to do some inner work because he wants to show you how perfectly you're made you may not do everything perfect but that's okay cuz he's got you covered mm-hmm. he's got you covered So you want to really move from places of self-hatred. Low self-esteem is another one. You know, this one was really tricky because I used to use low self-esteem to keep me humble. That was religion. That was some good old religion from you. You couldn't think too highly of yourself because then you didn't want to be prideful. And so then, you know, I used to do this thing this was, this is a huge battleground for me because talk about an open door. This is what I did. Y'all may not do it. I did it. I did it all the time. I don't do it anymore. I'm done doing that. But, you know, like if, like if I was counseling with somebody or if I gave a word or if I did something that I, that felt good, like I felt good about it, then I would immediately go, okay, so like, Well, I do that. Well, so if I okay, so say I'm going to counsel somebody that I'm saying like, hey, quit talking crappy to your wife, you know, then I would be like, oh, well, wait, I used to talk crappy. And so who am I like, I I can't even be saying that because I used to do that. And so that's not right. And so that was a way for me to keep myself in check. And it created a lot of low self-esteem because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't prideful. So I had to keep all of my shortcomings at the front of my my peripheral so that I didn't get off and that created just a really low self esteem. And so then, you know, it's like there was this vat of just emptiness that I couldn't get filled. And then consequently, whenever you have low self esteem, no matter what anybody tells you, it can't fix it. They can, for 24-7, they, just like a well, they could just say how amazing you are all the time, just how perfect, blah, 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 blah. and you would still, it would just be like water off a duck's back. You wouldn't remember it. It wouldn't do a thing for you because it's something, it's one of the things that we do have to repent from. We, It's repentance, remember, because repentance, forgiveness. It's something that we have to repent for, and then we also just have to have healing on where it came in. Because chances are something, you know, something got in there, whether if it's experiences or things people said to you. Um, but one thing, some characteristics of low self-esteem, um, they're typically extremely critical of themselves, downplays or ignores their positive qualities, judges themselves to be inferior to their peers, uses negative words to describe themselves as stupid, fat, ugly, or unlovable. Their self-talk is usually pretty negative. They're very critical and self-blaming. Those are all open doors to the enemy. It will wreak havoc on... Your ability to love, your ability to serve well, your ability to um, stay in a good sweet spot—you know—because everything that you do, you could have done it better. It wasn't good enough. You could have, you could have given somebody a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I should have given them a hundred five because they needed that extra five. You know, it's just never enough. Um, okay, let's move on to the next. It is doo, 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 sexual sin. I so, said whoa. This one's really huge. Uh, sexual sin. Sexual sin is different to our it 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 provides something different than other things do. And I don't know what it is. I just know it's real. I know that, I mean, I have personally had it. And, you know, I know that just doing so many counseling sessions, so many sozos, sexual things impacts our spirit man and our psyche like no other thing does. And it's because it was meant for something so completely intimate and perfect and pure. And whenever it gets twisted and distorted, it opens a door that it's just, it can be really hard to close. That one can be hard to close. And the level that you are in it, then it it can, it's just a little bit harder to get out. And, you know, sexual sin is, of course, adultery, pornography, fornication. For those that don't know what fornication is, that is having sex without being married. Okay, that big word. Uh, lewdness. This is indecency or obscenity, vulgar sexual character or behavior. Do you know anybody at work that's real lewd? Don't get don't get tangled up in that. Don't. You just stay as far away as you can from it because that's just, you know, it's a weird thing that it just does mental images too that it's just hard to get out. Like, you've got to run from that thing. Um, molestation, rape, those are all pretty self-explanatory and um, there's a couple on he- that's not actually on the four doors um like uh whatever it's called whatever it's called um, but the two are fantasizing and homosexuality. So see the problem about pornography, fantasizing, See, the problem is, is that, you know, like that's usually, you know, an audience of one. You know what I mean? And then if you ever go into relationships with people, then you will compare people to a fantasy and it can destroy marriages and relationships. And it was all based in fiction. Every bit of it was fiction. Like literally none of it's real. And so, you you will, you know, want things from partners that is not real, and then it will actually keep you from experiencing the purity and just the beauty the way God meant for it to be. And so, um, you know, of course, homosexuality that's I think that's pretty self explanatory as well. That is a huge door that the enemy is really moving in right now. He's moved in it for a really long time, but it's it's just out on the world stage like it's just the great thing. So stay away from people, don't allow yourself, don't give yourself entrance with people that are operating in these, especially if you struggled with them. If you've struggled with any kind of sexual issues, you need to be really careful what you watch, what you listen to. There, You may just have no-fly zones for the rest of your life. You know, there may just be things that you just absolutely can never see. You can never hear about. You just need to stay far away from it. For some person, it, it may not be a thing. But for you, it may be a thing. And so you need to make sure, you know, you're not trying to get healed out of that. Like, I mean, of course, we want to do healing. That's a given. But I'm saying you don't want to try and have an aim that you'll be able to look at this at some point. Well, no, like you got to stay away from that thing altogether. So if you have struggled with same sex attraction, all that, you got to really, really be careful that you, you know, you don't um, initiate or do things that kind of get that triggered up in you. okay? And um, of course, I personally believe that you can completely be healed and, um, you know, completely walk free of it. However, I still believe that those are just entrance points that you don't need to participate in, right? Okay, the last one, occult and witchcraft. See, this one, um, you know, whenever you think of occult and witchcraft, it feels pretty like black and white, right? Like, okay, I know what this is. This is going to be... You know, I'm going to be worshiping devil or God. Well, it's a lot more sneaky than that. And um, yoga is a really big one. I'm sorry if you like yoga, it is demonic in nature. And for you to be doing yoga, for you to participate in things of yoga, it's actually, it is the occult. And so if you want to go in there and sweat around with some others that are doing occultic things, hey, you know, you do so at your own risk, but it's it's actually the occult. You know, all of their just stuff about energy and all getting in all their positions, all that. It's actually, I believe it's Hindu. It's Hindu. Um, the root meaning of yoga, it, it's derived from the Sanskrit, I think that's how you say it, um, word, which means yoga something like that which means but see this is what's really interesting it it says which means to yoke or to unify in a larger sense it refers to the integration of achieving union what are you achieving union with what are you yoking up with It's not a good exercise program. It's a yoking up. And so I don't know, you know, I mean, just look at, just look at even the things that they like to have around the studio. You know, yoga studios, it's, it's demonic. And so you should run away from that. You don't want to do it. There's, there's other really good exercise programs. I can help you with them if you need to know. The next one is Reiki. So Reiki is the um it's the practice of healing with energy. So you're using energy to heal people. So of course it's completely absent of God and it is using the um the demons. Although they don't say that, but that's what it is. It's the demons. Um That's what you're using to engage in healing practices with people. And so that's not good. Don't do that either. That is, that is, um, it's demonic. That's an open door. So astrology. So, you know, we can't be looking to the stars to tell us what to do. Okay. We don't need to do that because why? We have the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit will tell us what to do have you ever been places and just feel like you got slimed? Like, have you ever just been into, um, there's some stores, you know, that they sell some just kind of new agey stuff, yoga stuff and all that. And you kind of just go in and, and you feel like this weird thing whenever you've got all the astrology stuff. And it's like, you just feel like you just got this mud on you. It carries a serious spirit with it. And, if you know anything that we're trying to look to to get answers apart from God, we're looking to demons. You know that there's no either, there's no other way around it. It's just demonic worship and so you don't want to do that. Um, fortune telling that's self-explanatory, tarot cards, uh, self-explanatory. Um, if you've ever done those, then you just probably need to do some door closing. Um tarot cards is when, I don't know if y'all know, um, it's whenever you have like a deck of cards and you read fortunes and stuff from them. Um, it's not good. Uh, seances, uh, it's where you talk to the dead. So you're coming together to find out whatever they got going on and maybe you need to find out what grandpa did or something like that. That's, that's what it, that's what it is. It's seances, talking to the dead. Um, Ouija boards. Um, of course I think we all know what a Ouija board is. Um, you know, a Ouija board, I remember whenever I first played with Ouija boards and I think what's so, what's so horrible about a Ouija board is that it's classified as a game and anybody can get it. And then it's, it, they kind of will act like it's completely harmless, but it is a huge entrance for the enemy to come in and just bring just terror and torment. So no to Ouija boards, none of those. Those are evil, demonic as well. Uh, manipulation. Witchcraft. Manipulation. This is one that I think, it, this one kind of hits a little bit closer to home. So maybe just go out and reading tarot cards. That's like nah. nah, nah. Now man- manipulation. Hmm. So say you're really, 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 you know, maybe maybe you're wanting a certain gift. Like maybe you saw this shirt. You're really wanting this shirt. Okay, I saw the shirt. The shirt is so cute, girl. And you go up to a friend, and you know this friend has money. Man, did you see that shirt they had over there? Man, I saw that. I really wanted that shirt. It was so cute. Why are you doing that? What's your motive behind that gig right there? That's demonic. Or maybe maybe you know that you're really lying about something, but then you don't really want to say you're lying, and so then you may make up some other stories to kind of maybe fudge your lie a little bit. It's manipulation. Or, you know, maybe um, you're wanting to control how people see you. So you tell a story and you leave out some key information that would change the way you were perceived in a moment. It's manipulation. You ready for another one? Get your feet out there. So maybe... Maybe you're really wanting, you know, to have, say, that new jacket over there. And you know that you're either going to tithe or you get to get that jacket. So it's like, well, hey, I know that if I tithe, then God is going to end up giving me money back in some way, so maybe I'll get that jacket. Manipulating God. Manipulating God. I'll try to use my tithe to try and hold him to something for me, like he then owes me something. That's manipulating God. So manipulation is doing anything, trying to get a certain result or a thing that you want, and it's doing it in a backdoor approach. Your motives are all kinds of wicked while you're trying to act like that they're really pure and simple, and they're not. It's witchcraft. Participation in Kevin's. I don't think probably any of us are doing that actively currently. <laughs> A Kevin is, you know, like. There could be like a witch's coven, like it's where they come together. You know, it's like a little group, a community of evilness. Uh, Casting curses. That's another thing, which I don't think we're probably doing that either. And witchcraft practices. I don't feel like we're probably in the whole witchcraft arena in that way. But um, if you have ever been in it, then you've got to go in and close some doors. I mean, just the way God delivered me, it was so amazing. So, you know, um, I had been really deep into into witchcraft and just not, it it wasn't good. You know, I did all of it. And um, I remember, you know, I was just so tormented, of course, because... You can't help but be tormented because he's the father of lies. And so he, he lulls you in so that then he can torment you. And, um, you know, this, I remember sitting, I was sitting in jail and, um, I was listening. It was in the middle of the night and I was listening to some like 88 something. It was some Christian talk show thing. And it happened to be this guy that had been in witchcraft. And he was talking about open doors to in, into that realm. And it was just the coolest thing ever. He just walked through... Like how to be delivered from it and how to renounce it all. And so I just did that. I was just be me and just me by myself in this cell. And I mean, he God put somebody on TV, I mean, not on TV, on the radio to deliver me in this in this jail cell. And I mean, it did. He he completely delivered. I could, I remember this thing just coming off of me. And it just, I just closed all those doors to every way that I had opened up out of rebellion and anger. You know, it started out because I really wanted to kind of figure out why my gift was in operation and how that worked. But then, as I went deeper and I got into more things, then it was just complete rebellion. Then I was so angry and hurt by the church that then I just didn't care. And by that point I loved evil things. Like I really did. I loved evil music and you know, but then God just came in, man, and he just completely delivered me. And that's just what he'll do. It's, it's not hard. He makes it easy. We just have to have a willingness to participate with him. And so, um, I, before I, before I close, um, I have a lot more to to say, but, um, I'm not going to, um, I want to just walk us through just some practical steps and how you close doors and, um, you know, just show you how simple it is. So in, in just whenever I was talking, if there is anything that stood out to you that you feel like you operate in and maybe you're cyclic in your struggles, um, Maybe you have um, just an ongoing issue that you're having a hard time breaking free of. Um, Maybe you're struggling with something that you know that your mom struggled with, you know your grandma struggled with, you know your great-grandma struggled with. All those things are just open doors that um, we just have to close off. And so if you thought of anything or if you're thinking of anything now, then um, I don't want to have you... Raise your hands or anything. Let's just everybody close our eyes. And I just want to pray. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that um, you would just come and and speak to our hearts right now. I just ask Holy Spirit if if there's anything in us that we have um, maybe unknowingly or maybe even knowingly opened doors to the enemy. I just pray right now that you would just show us if there's any open doors that we need to close up. You could just repeat after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I repent today for opening doors that aren't pleasing to your heart. Please forgive me. I want to close this door today, never to reopen it. And so, Holy Spirit, please forgive me. And I forgive me, and I ask right now that you would close that door. Say, Holy Spirit, is there a truth? That I need to learn how to believe to take place of this open door. Holy Spirit, right now, I just am asking just for your floodgates to come and for you to speak to our hearts. I just pray right now, Daddy, that you would give a solid truth, a solid um, foundation for them to base their thinking in. And so right now, I just break off old patterns of thinking. I break off old mindsets. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just come and that you would sever the tie to these things. And I'm asking that you would connect to a new life source. And so I just pray over these doors that, Daddy, that whenever they're closed, I just ask that you would come like with like a welding gun and come along and sew these doors, uh, weld these doors closed, never to be opened again. And so right now, I just um, wash off any kind of shame or guilt or um, anything else. Pity, I wipe that off right now. We just close the door to pity. I feel like that we need to close the door to pity. So if you struggle with pity, say, pity, I close the door to you. You are of no use to me. Daddy, forgive me for partnering with a pity spirit, I am not under, I am over, and I am bigger. And so, Daddy, I just pray right now the effects of that pity spirit, just the voice that that spirit has, I break that right now in Jesus' name. And I just release just the um, what it's like to be an heir, an heir of royalty, there's not an heir that isn't pity, because an heir understands who they are, and so I just break that off today. And Daddy, I just pray over places um, of um, comparison and um, just that self hatred and self judgment. I just pray over that those spirits specifically. And I asked, Daddy, that you would wipe away all of those words and those places where whenever those words are spoken, that it has a heart connection to them. I break that right now in the name of Jesus. And I just release them to um, be loved, to love and to be loved like you designed them and Daddy, I just thank you for what you've started. I thank you, Daddy, that you are teaching us how to war well. That cyclic um, breakthroughs are not our portion. And I just speak over. Um, I speak over doors that have been open in generations. I speak of closing right now to those doors. I just say no to those doors that were opened by the past. And daddy, just we just say today that we just plead a bloodline around that in the name of Jesus. And we just say that you cannot cross anymore. And so I just break off the influence of the past and I release to the future, to the prophetic promises. Daddy, I thank you that you have indeed created a, pre- a prophetic promise on each house. And so I cut the ties to a slavery, to the past. And I, just like the vine was grafted in, I just speak that grafting in. And so the promises over their lives are yes and amen. You've said yes to it. And so I just thank you, Daddy. And so I just break off just even things that parents put on kids like they needed to own those. I break that off right now in Jesus' name. And I just say that the true parents is Daddy God. And so I just say right now that there is a coupling up with Daddy God's thoughts and that there's no more thoughts about what others couldn't do, but they're latched onto what Dad has done. And so I just thank you, Daddy, for that latching on right now in Jesus' name. I cut the tides to what is dead and gone, and I just I just um, attach it to what is alive and thriving. And that is the throne of God. You are, You are thriving. There is no lack at the throne. And so I just thank you, Daddy, for that connection to you. You are perfect in every way, perfect in every way. I speak over that religious door, that religious door where works and striving will get you things that rest won't get you, that trust won't get you. I break that right now in the name of Jesus. And Daddy, I just pray that if there's any place of partnership where there's actually a sense of gratification or satisfaction from that religious spirit I ask right now that you would just show us, if there's anybody in the room, that, that um, there is something about practicing with religion that, is, that feels good to you. Maybe it's something that um, you know what to expect. You can control it. It feels good. That's a place of repentance as well. So just say, Holy Spirit, I repent for partnering with religion when you made me to have relationship, relationship and rest. And so I just break off those words right now in Jesus' name, and I close the door to religion, and I attach to what it is to be a son or a daughter, Daddy, I just want to pray um, for that sexual door. I'm asking for you to come and renew minds. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would remove the wounds and pains of fantasy and pornography. And I'm asking that you would come and that you would wash over Minds with the blood of Jesus, the crimson that makes white as wool. And so I just pray, um, I pray even over the circuiting in our brain that where um, maybe there would be um, natural responses to different um, different times of day or different um, situations. I just pray right now that that would be removed, that that circuiting, the way that our brain is, is um, attaching to memories and thoughts. I just right now I break that in the name of Jesus and I just speak the purity of the blood of Jesus over minds today. And Daddy, I pray that that um, sensitivity to your spirit would be fresh and new. And so I just um, remove just that uh, shame and guilt that's come in the way the enemy has sought to bring torment. I break that in Jesus' name. So, Jesus, I just thank you that you told us to be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And so I just pray that we would be wise in the things that we think about, that we would be wise in how we spend our time and how we partner with things. And, Holy Spirit, I'm just asking that... um, There would be uh, where doors have been closed. I'm asking for an increased sensitivity to the leading of your voice. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that um, when you're nudging, when we feel the nudging, that we will be sensitive to yield to the nudging because you will lead us into victory every time. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you, and we just today just celebrate the way that you made it so that we can live just so completely connected and in unity with you in all the things we say and do. May our thoughts and the motives of our heart, may it reflect you, Jesus. We have permission to reflect you, Jesus. And so I just thank you, Daddy. I just pray that there'll just be a new hunger, that we guard our eye gates and that we guard our ear gates and our heart, that we become so completely obsessed with just you having your perfect way in our thoughts, that we wouldn't just have willy-nilly thinking, that we would actually live life thinking And so, Daddy, we just thank you that you're teaching us how to war well and that we're not warring with just ourselves, but we're warring with principalities. And so I pray that you would make us aware, teach us to be aware, Holy Spirit, that every action we do, it serves a purpose. It serves a kingdom. So help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, help us, help us. We need your help, Holy Spirit. We need your help, Holy Spirit. We love you and we just thank you for just all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need some more help, In any of that, if you got stuck anywhere or if you need to go a little bit deeper, then use that QR code and set up a session. If there's not a session available, then text so that you could get some help now. I probably wouldn't sit on it for a while. You know, I'd probably go ahead and reach out, reach out to one of your safe people and just say, help, 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 help.